the Lord God has given me the tongue of the land that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. Tonight I want to bring a message uh, titled, Beauty for Those Who Mourn. Beauty for Those Who Mourn. Beauty for Those Who Mourn. I'm going to start with this scripture because we read in Isaiah 61 about uh, beautiful ashes. But I'm going to read the begin from this scripture, Matthew chapter 5, verse 2 through 4. It says here that Jesus saw the multitude, and when he sat down, he opened his mouth and taught, taught them, saying, it's important to notice this. You can't speak without opening your mouth. But God wanted us to know this is a different setting here because this takes us back to Mount Moriah when God gave the commandment and the multitude were surrounding the, the mountain there. This is the same kind of thing. And this was possibly a message that was given to us probably in Matthew, the first recorded message that Jesus gave to the church. So you really need to understand that. There was, the multitude was there. There was no fire. There was no earthquake like in the Old Testament. And so as God, they heard the voice of God in the Old Testament and everything was shaking. And they said, we don't want to hear his voice anymore. Let him talk to Moses and you talk to us. This was the same God that was on this mount, mountain at this time. And then you still have the multitude. He had to speak. So that's the, what you're seeing here. He opened his mouth. He was yelling. Said that they can hear. He opened his mouth. And what was he doing? Teaching them. So he tells us in the very first recorded message that Jesus gave. He was teaching them. And again he was like that Mount Moriah. Not giving commandments, but teaching them. That tells you teaching is so important for the Christian. He didn't say he was preaching to them. He was teaching them. Taught them saying. And the first words that came out of his mouth was blessed. Angela, behave yourself. <laughs> I'm over. He's over for me at home today. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> hey, cut that part off from the video. <laughs> That's my best friend. <laughs> Can I get back to what I was doing? <laughs> the first word that came out of his mouth was blessed. Blessed are the poor in spirit, he says, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The very last words spoken by God in the Old Testament 
was the word curse. Really Malachi. The last word you see in the Old Testament is the word curse. And so Jesus, the first word he spoke to us in his message, teaching us, you're blessed. You're blessed. In the Old New Testament, you're not cursed. That's the Old Testament. In Christ, you're blessed. And if you go to the end of his message, he said he spoke to them as one having authority. He spoke to them as one having authority, not that like the scribes. This was a man of authority. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit. When you recognize that I cannot make it, I need God for everything in life. I need God. You're blessed. He's pronouncing the blessing upon your life. He's proclaiming the blessing upon your life. And then he said, blessed are those who mourn. For they shall be comforted. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. And that's what we're talking about today. Beauty, beauty for those who mourn. Blessed are those who mourn. In other words, the word blessed means you are happy. You will be happy. You will be a happy person if you mourn. Because you are going to be comforted. You will be comforted. And he spoke as one having authority. And he's blessing us. You know, in Acts chapter 3 verse 26, it tells us this. This is very important. To you first. Say to me first. Yeah. To you first. After, it says, having raised up his servant Jesus. To you first. Having raised up his servant or his son Jesus, sent him to do what? To bless you. Jesus was sent to bless you. So he spoke as one having authority when he spoke to them. And the crowd, the multitude understood it. That he wasn't teaching as one of the scribes. He was teaching as the one that has been sent by God to bless you. So he pronounced the word upon our lives. You are blessed. And there are three elements to that. The blessing, that's the pronouncement, the the proclamation of God's blessing upon your life. That's the first thing. And then the character of the one who is being blessed. And what's going to happen, the promise that you will receive because of the character. The blessing has already been spoken. If you fit into that character, that way of life, you are going to be blessed. He's going to come upon your life. And so he's saying, you will be a happy person, but he also already blessed you. So you are blessed because he has been sent to bless us. Now we go back to Isaiah chapter 61, where Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he's anointed me. So again, the word Jesus was speaking there, we can go back to Isaiah 61, and understand why he talked about those who mourn. That's next to recognizing, I need God. 
then there is the morning. And what happens with that? So the Spirit, because God has sent him, according to what it says in Isaiah chapter 61, but then from verse 2, he said God sent him to do what? To proclaim. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. So there are some years that are not really acceptable by the Lord. But there is a year or a year that is acceptable, acceptable to the Lord. The acceptable year of the Lord. And the day of vengeance of our God. In other words, God says, I'm through with it. I'm going to deal with it. And I'm dealing with it this year. The acceptable year of the Lord. But notice what is said to proclaim. And what the vengeance of the Lord is against. To comfort all who mourn. To comfort everyone who mourn. That's the focus there. All. What that says every human being. Because of the troubles of life. Because of different things that come into our lives. There are seasons when we mourn. There are seasons when we need comfort. It says it's to comfort all who mourn. And notice it didn't specify, but it first said everyone, the whole world. Everyone who mourn, God will comfort. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day... The day of vengeance of our God, that's God, not vengeance against your life, it's vengeance against what's happening to your life that is causing you to mourn. That's the acceptable year. And the Bible tells us in Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2, that today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. This is the day. So to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn. Again, we go back to mourning. To console those who mourn in Zion. Zion is the church. The word Zion, that's church members. Zion represents the church. So if you are mourning in the church for whatever reason, God's acceptable day is here for your consolation. That's what the Bible talks about. Uh, uh, talked about Jesus when he was born. The consolation of Israel. That's the one that brings us consolation. To console all who mourn in Zion. Those who mourn in Zion. How does he console? To give them beauty for ashes. It's not... Don't worry, it's going to be okay. No. It's to attack the source of the morning. And this is our God. And I'd like to remind myself, God doesn't play games. He means what he's saying. And in the scheme of eternity, every word is God himself. And God means exactly what he's saying. And God can take charge of whatever it is that is causing you pain. And turn that thing 
in your life. To console those who mourn in Zion. To give them beauty for ashes. Ashes will come most likely from wood. A wood will burn and produce heat and light to sustain life. We need heat. We need light. It's the light of God. The light that lights every man that comes into the world. In him was light. And the light was the light of the life of man. Is the light of man. So is that heat that brings you consolation. But ashes, ashes represent death. You can't get anything out of ashes. You can't burn ashes to get some heat. You got no consolation from ashes. It represents shame. It represents pain. It represents hopelessness. There's nothing to do. All you got now is ashes. Everything is gone and all you got is ashes. And God says, I'm going to take all of that out and get out of ashes, make something beautiful out of your life. And the Bible says, today is the acceptable time. This is the acceptable year for God to do that for us. Light, that's the beginning of order. The Bible tells us in the, in the Old Testament, in Genesis, it says that when God, cre- God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was in darkness, it was void, nothing was there. But then the first thing God said, let there, let there be light. Light, that's the beginning of order. And so when God gives light, you begin to have order in your life. So God will give us beauty for ashes. When you're mourning, there's that pain there. And then that feeling of heaviness over your life. So he says, he'll give you the oil of joy, again, we're going back to mourning. The oil of joy for mourning. In other words, it takes away the source. Whatever it is that is causing you to be downcast. Whatever it is that is causing you so much pain. No matter how long it's been there. He takes that away and then he replaces it with something that causes you to rejoice. Is the oil of joy. Is there, is God's replace the pain. And now you got the oil of joy. You no longer have the mourning. God's replaced it with something good. And it's there for you. So you can constantly rejoice. That's what it says. And when you are rejoicing, you got to give praise. Amen. When God's taking away the pain. And all you have is joy inside. You can't but praise Him. So He gives you the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness that you carried because of the mourning. For whatever caused the pain, God able to do this. And that's what Jesus declared to us. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. 
because he has anointed me to do this for you. And Bible says, this is the acceptable year of the Lord. And for the people of the Ark Fellowship, we are crossing into our promised land. Can I hear an amen? Say with me, this is my year. This is my day. This is my year of consolation. No more mourning. I'm free. That's what the Word of God is saying. That's the promise of the Word of God. God means everything that He's saying. And when God begins to do that for you, and God replaces that, and from time to time, sometimes we mourn because there's there's pain in our body. And you don't know where this is going. Well, if you're going to be free from it. Maybe in your body you're sick. Your family members will mourn with you as well. And money is coming out of your family into the doctor's hand. That's kind of painful. The money you need for your children's food, now you're sending it out. And the bills keep coming. Sometimes it's not you. Sometimes it's a loved one in the home. That's with sickness. But then sometimes it's a trouble, trouble in the relationship in the home. Maybe one person, one member of the family is not behaving rightly, husband or wife, and it causes pain, and you're mourning. It's painful, and you wonder, will death, will I have seal the light from this thing? All of that kind of things. These things happen to us. Maybe it's a debt you have to pay. Maybe you need something for your life. It's a need in your life that's been there, and you've prayed. It doesn't seem like God's answering. So there is that heaviness. You want to be happy, but then once sit and turns your mind to that problem, and you become downcast. There are several reasons why we get why, why we mourn. It seems, will I ever get away from this? Will I ever be? Can I use the word normal? <laughs> Have a normal life, you know. And, and Satan wants you to think, oh, the rest of them, you see, they're smiling. But you can't smile. You're alone. No, he's lying. They're all going through something. Every one of them. But God says he will give you beauty for ashes. And he takes care of you in those situations, the difficult times. And in so doing, he's planting you. He's planting you. He tells us in the word here, he, gave, he gives us the garment of praise. That's why we should praise God. When God done something for your life, spend some time is so important. When God gives you a promise, thank Him, even though nothing has changed. Go and find a place to thank Him. Many times when I'm going through something and it's really hard, and I'm like, God, will I ever see what I really want to see? And then the promise comes. He, he speaks to me in my heart. And for some reason, momentarily, the pain is dulled. Amen? And then I want to thank him for it. I remember when David, Nathan told David about your son is going to come after you and sit on your throne. Because David was very concerned. David knew Saul was king and he missed it. And because he missed it, his son didn't sit on his throne. And he was afraid of that. <laughs> If you read the scriptures, you'll say David didn't, he wanted his son. And so when he's saying, read Psalm 51, he was telling God, don't abandon me. Don't abandon me like you did Saul. Renew a right spirit within me. 
he wanted that. He wanted that. He was so scared of it that God would do the same thing. He wanted God's spirit. Get my spirit to be right. Don't take your spirit from me. He, he, was, he was so concerned. And so God knew that. And so God gave him a promise, which we will see as Solomon. But God wasn't speaking of Solomon. God was speaking about Christ sitting on his throne. And when, when David heard that, I'm sure, I don't know, he was a man, but also a prophet. He may have understood it. I have no way of knowing. But the first thing he did was he left his palace and went straight for the house of God. And he sat down before God and said, Why have I found so much favor in your sight? Why are you doing this for me? I mean, I don't deserve this. And then after thanking God, he said, Now, God, uh, you've spoken. Please do according to what you said. Okay? <laughs> Make sure you do exactly what you said. And he prayed. And a covenant was established. And today we have Jesus Christ. So that's what God does. He plants you as he gets you from one situation to the other. And as you praise him. So we praise him. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That they may. How? To praising him, right? And through him getting, off, getting you off of that. He, you praise him. He gives you the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That they may be called what? Trees of righteousness. Not shrubs of righteousness. I mean, trees of righteousness. That's what they call you. Trees of righteousness. The planting of God himself. When God plants you, no man can uproot you. When God plants you, you are constantly going to be watered. Your enemies may wish all they want against your life, but they'll fail because, because you are the planting of the Lord. You are blessed of God, and God has given you your consolation, and no man can take that away from you. It's called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. Why does he... God may be glorified in your life. In Isaiah 54 verse 14, he says, In righteousness you shall be established. Trees of righteousness. When God takes away the morning, He plants you because you've given Him praise. He plants you and you become Trees of righteousness. And so when you are planted by God, you are established in righteousness. In righteousness, you shall be established. You shall be far from oppression. Can I hear an amen? Can I hear a loud one? I'd like to see if you guys are awake. Oh yes, because I'm excited tonight. And when I get excited, I pick up my wife. Not kidding. <laughs> I was telling uh, those that we had a uh, uh, growth track on Sunday uh, how my wife and I we really worked out in our home. And I told them, I said, we've tried 
so much. So we can go for several weeks. We're not fighting. And that's a way I can make up so I can go home again. <laughs> but, but that's the truth. That's the truth. And so I can pick on her when I get here. <laughs> but that's how good God is. Amen? That's how good God is. He is a good God. Is righteousness you are established. Because he's taking away whatever is causing you pain. Tonight, you're going to give that to him. Amen? You're going to give that to him. Whatever is causing you pain. Whatever is causing you shame. He says, you will be far from oppression. No one can oppress you. No situation can oppress you. No demon can oppress you. No man can oppress you. No angel, nobody can oppress you. Because in righteousness, you have been planted. As a tree of righteousness. It's the planting of God. And if some oppression comes upon your life, then that oppression coming upon your life is there to steal God's glory because in righteousness you are established. And God is the one for the glory of God. It's for God's glory. The planting of the Lord that He, God, may be glorified. So God gets glory from your planting. Amen? God gets glory for your, from you being established. So what, if I want glory, then I can't wait to establish them, right? I can't wait to plant them. So God is zealous about planting you and establishing you. Why? Because he wants glory. Can I hear an amen tonight? He wants glory from your life. He wants to hear that praise. You are a city set on a hill. That cannot be hid. Everybody can see what God's doing for you and what God's doing for your family. And, and, and though they don't understand all the troubles you're going through now, but God delivers you because they are, in, they are in the same kind of problems. But when they see God delivering you, they know that's the finger of God. You can read in Exodus. When, when Moses had done a, a miracle that the magicians couldn't do, uh, the Pharaoh said, do the same. They said, well, I tell you what, uh, we can't do this. That's the finger of God. Amen. When they see your life, they'll say, that's the finger of God. Can I hear an amen? That's the finger of God. That's God doing it. And you know, He loves you dearly. For every one of us. Oh, such a blessing. I wish, you know, I was raised in a Christian home. I really wish that. Where, you know, the, the ways of God are established. But thank God, it's got to start somewhere. But now, by the grace of God, we are establishing it. So that our kids, as they grow, they will experience God's goodness. And if Jesus waits, I know the Bible says, and God's faithful to his word. God's not a man that he shall lie. When God says something, he's going to do it. And God will establish your children, even to the 10th generation. As he blessing, blesses them, they are the planting of God. God blesses them and gets glory out of their lives. God's going to do that. God's going to do that. It is God's plan. And it says, you will be far from oppression, for you shall not fear. We're talking about, last Wednesday we're talking about a little bit about fearlessness. This is what he's saying. It's not like trouble won't come to you. 
It's just you won't feel. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil because he is with me. His rod and his staff, they're with me. Then he prepares a table before me, and all my enemies can do is watch me enjoy myself at this table. They can't touch me. That's why I like that song, Can't Touch This. I'm having fun tonight. <laughs> can't touch this. So every time the devil sees me, he says, hey, that's, that's the one you can't touch. And every time we touch him, we get whacked. So we got to listen because God's with him. Amen. When Jesus appears, they say, here comes trouble. You remember the devils used to they yell in the, in the, in the uh, synagogue, have you come to destroy us before the time? You know what they were saying? Here comes trouble. We're in trouble now. And that's what it does every time they see you. This is the way of God. This is the way of the Lord. So what you must say to yourself, if you're mourning tonight, is what I see in uh, Psalm 42. For whatever reason, we're all going through something. We all have a situation in our life that bothers us. Some of us is recent. Some of us has been there for a while. And you're thinking, what can I do? I've done everything. It's not going away. This is the way it's going to be. No! Not if there is a God. Not if you put God into the equation. He cannot stay that way. He makes all things new. He can't stay that way when you bring him in. And you bring him in by believing his word and mentioning his name. Because the Bible says the name of the Lord is a strong power. The righteous, again, you shall be established in righteousness, right? The righteous run into it and they're safe from whatever is happening out there. You can't be terrorized because you are safe. No oppression comes near your dwelling because the Lord God has spoken it. So if you're going through that, this is what you must say in Psalm 42 verse 5. Why are you cast down? Ask your soul. You shouldn't be there. Ask your soul. Why are you cast down, oh my soul? Because of this little problem? Yes, and your eyes big, and your, your, your soul, and your, that's your, the seat of your emotions, your mind, and everything, the decisions you make. That's your soul, and you know all this in the natural. So your soul tends to be cast down because you don't see a way out. He's that like, there's no way out. There's nowhere to go. There is no road here. I'm stuck. And so you feel cast down. That's mourning. He came to give us what? Beauty for ashes. The all of joy for mourning. You are mourning and that's the soul. Speak to your soul. Why are you cast down, oh my soul? Why? Why are you cast down, oh my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? How many felt that? You can't rest. You want to sleep. You can't sleep because those thoughts... That they, they, you, you, your feelings are so hurt that heaviness comes upon you because of the situation and it's coming from you the soul is realm and it's real and the natural is real but God's word is the truth 
And God's word will always prevail over the facts. Because God's word is the truth. And you shall know the truth. And the truth will set you free. So talk to your soul. Sometimes yell back to it. You are a spirit being. And because you are a spirit being, your soul can hear what you are saying and can follow through. Bless the Lord, what? Oh, my soul and all that is within me with all the trouble, bless the Lord. And if you are not willing to bless the Lord, then get out of my soul. All that is within me, bless his holy name. And then God said, bless the Lord, oh, my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Because there are benefits for your soul when you serve God. So speak to your soul. Why are you cast down, oh my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God. Hope in God. Yes, this situation seems hopeless. It doesn't seem like you can be free from this situation. It's so painful. You've tried everything. The doctors are speaking. This, it seems really hopeless. Your finances, whatever it is. But then tell your soul, you can't go, go this way. Hope in God. And you know who wrote this? God himself. Telling you to hope in him. Speak to your soul. God can change everything. His Bible says, with God, nothing is impossible. Hope in God. For I shall yet, we go back to the praise. The garment of praise. For the spirit of heaviness, that we might be trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. So we go back to the praise. Hope in God, for I shall yet. He's coming. He's on his way. I will praise God, because God's going to take care of the problem. That's what he's saying. There will be no need to mourn. So don't allow the disquietness in your spirit to stay. Let it go. Speak to your soul. And tell your soul, we're hoping in God. Yes, the situation is dire. The situation is hopeless. But I'm not hoping on man or the situation. I'm, I'm looking to God. And the God says, hope in God. I shall yet praise him because of the help of his countenance. You know what that means? The help of his countenance, that's favor. Favor. Reading, you can read through uh, Luke chapter 1. When God's countenance, God remembers His covenant and He lifts up His countenance on His people. Every time God lifts up His countenance, that's His favor upon you. <laughs> the bad things that are over your life, they just disappear. Poof. And then you start yelling. And praising God. So important. Look for the day. He says, Satan, listen. I know I'm in a tough situation now, but I can't wait to write my testimony. When God's true. Amen? I can't wait. That's faith. It pleases God. He said, keep, keep, keep up what you're doing. But the day, the more you treat me badly, the greater the testimony. 
I'm waiting for my testimony because I shall yet praise him. I will praise him. The time God's going to give me that opportunity because I'm hoping in God. He's going to give me that opportunity. There's several in the scriptures who were in very dire situation, very hopeless situation. And God came through for them and gave them that spirit, the beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning. God did that with uh, Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist. When God looks towards you, that's an incredible thing. And he's looking to you. We're going to close here tonight on that possibly. It's a lot I want to share in this area. Very important to me. But uh, after uh, uh, Elizabeth became pregnant, did you know that she hid from everybody for five months? She went nowhere. He says, now after those days, Luke chapter 1, verse 24 and 25, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and she hid herself five months. She was already an old, old person. I was telling Michael, uh, Mary and uh, Zacharias asked about the same question. Because Zacharias says, how can I know this? Because I'm old and my wife is advanced in years. Well, why don't you read about Abraham? <laughs> you're a priest. You should, you'd have read those scriptures and you're asking, I'm old? <laughs> That's unbelief. And the angel said, you're not talking anymore. You talk weird. Close this mouth. And you won't hear anything. You won't say anything. We're closing you up. You're not going to say a word. But he says, now after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived and she hid herself five months. You know why I'm doing this five months? I want you to remember it, okay? Because we read scriptures and we go very quickly and don't remember these details. So I'm deliberate about this. She, she, she stayed away from everybody for five months. And what was she saying? Saying, thus the Lord has dealt with me. In the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among the people. In the days when his countenance was lifted upon me to take away what's causing me pain and shame and disgrace from among the people. I'm sure when she was very aware of it, and you may not understand it, but in the culture where Elizabeth grew, in the culture in which she grew up in, it was a bad thing for you not to be able to have a baby. It was a really bad thing. It's a painful thing. That's why Hannah, the mother of Samuel, she couldn't handle going to the house of God. It was very painful. And in my culture, it's the same thing. They ask in Nigeria, if the woman is not able to get pregnant, they will say, well, I guess she married a man. You didn't get it. <laughs> Basically, they insult him, your wife, that she's not really a woman. If she's a woman, she should be able to give a birth to a child. If she can't get pregnant, she's a man. 
And it's very painful to those women. Uh, and then they have to deal with it. Don't pick a fight with another woman because that's what they come with. If you are so, so and so, how come you can have a baby? That's painful to them. And that's the situation. It's very shameful in Israel because God has said no one will be barren. So why are you serving God if you're righteous? How come you can have a child? So that was a major reproach for her and her husband. Painful. They lived with it. We don't know for so many years. For so many years. Thus the Lord has dealt with me. In the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach from among the people. So if you have been going through something that causes you shame, this is your day. The acceptable year. Where God will lift up his countenance upon your life. And begin to remove whatever it is that is causing you shame. That is causing people to speak against your life. That's what she was saying. The days that God looked upon me to take away that shame from, from her. But you know something? What happens is this. The same individuals who speak against you and come against you, when God lifts that from your life, they rejoice with you. They rejoice with you. They're happy for you. They forgot, they've forgotten everything they've been saying about you that's bad and all of that. That's why Sarah called Isaac laughter. They laugh about it now. And the same thing happened with John the Baptist. He says many will rejoice at his birth. And when he was born, there was joy all over the place. And they were talking about, look, how God's been so good to her. God has shown her tender mercies, great mercies, that even in our old days, God gave her a child. And they wondered, if God would do this, what kind of a child is this? That's not an ordinary child. That's a child whose finger, God's finger is on. They knew that. So you can mourn for so long. But God can deliver you in a way that your friends and your relatives will recognize that's the finger of God. And then they rejoice with you and then they wonder, boy, God's with them. What's going to happen now? Amen? One time it seems as if God has forsaken you. Another time God's shown up and everything is changed. Now you are a city set on a hill that cannot be hid. Everyone is talking about it. Psalm 126, verse 1 and 2, it says, When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our tongue, our mouth was filled with laughter, and our tongue was singing. Then what did they do? Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. That's what they will be saying about your life. From beauty, I mean, from ashes to something beautiful. Beauty from God. Stand up with me tonight. Beautiful ashes. Oil of joy for mourning. 